Hello, and welcome to Grain Insight, a CN update on getting your grain to market. I'm Stacey McCracken, and joining me is David Shednovic, Assistant Vice President for Grain. In part one of this three-part podcast, we're going to discuss the mainline disruptions that CN experienced in the BC South region in the last half of November and early December, and highlight the exceptional efforts on the part of CN to restore service. Let's start with the first atmospheric river rainfall event and go from there. Thanks, Stacy. Many areas of southern British Columbia received close to a month's worth of precipitation in a short period of time between November 13th and November 14th. That rainfall event resulted in dozens of washouts and mudslides on the CN main line between Kamloops and Vancouver, along with creating multiple washouts on the CN Squamish subdivision on the CN line between Prince George and Vancouver. Moving from south to north, the CN Yale subdivision, which runs from Douglas Island to Boston Bar, and the CN Ashcroft subdivision, running from Boston Bar to Kamloops, were impacted the most. CN's main line to Prince Rupert wasn't affected by the heavy rains and was in service throughout the entire disruption on the BC South region, and many customers were able to divert traffic towards the Prince Rupert corridor. CN's network is unique in that we reach two major Canadian West Coast ports, and that speaks to the overall resiliency of CN's network. It's important to remember that the Ashcroft subdivision is a lot more remote than the Yale subdivision, with more mountainous, challenging terrain. And when the highway network in BC sustained major damage, that restricted the ability of CN to reach impacted areas on its rail line. CN worked its way south from Kamloops and north from Vancouver to sequentially deal with the mainline outages, working towards the most serious issue at Falls Creek Falls at mile 110.5 on the CN Ashcroft subdivision. That was the last spot we could get to because of restricted road access and we could only get in by rail. All told, CN experienced 58 outages over a 150-mile stretch from the middle of November onwards. CN had over 110 pieces of heavy equipment deployed operating 24-7 to get the line back into service, with over 400 employees and contractors responding to the outages. 282,000 cubic yards of rock, earth, and backfill materials were moved to rebuild damaged locations which is the equivalent of over 25,000 truckloads, with much of it being moved into position by train. What was the nature and dangers at those 58 impact sites? Those 58 incidents were of varying severity, from debris such as trees blocking tracks to as significant as a washout a couple of hundred feet wide and deep requiring massive repairs to track infrastructure. We had rocks and soil wash over track, bridges damaged and culverts blocked causing drainage issues. In some cases, the banks of the track railbed were washed out, leaving track hanging there with no support underneath. And in other cases, the entire track itself washed out along with the railbed. Basically, it all came down to excess of water coming down from higher elevations, hundreds or thousands of feet higher than the tracks below. That water flow brings with it a lot of soil and debris. The soil is so saturated that it can't protect from a slide, doesn't have enough power to hold it back. The soil is so soft that the water brings down everything with it, And then on the top of the steep terrain and water flow, consider the effect of this summer's fires, which was to reduce the amount of vegetation holding soil in place and covering the burnt ground with a creosote layer that sheds water without allowing absorption. You probably had half the normal amount of vegetation because of this summer's fires in place. Everyone is focused on the exceptional nature of the heavy rainfall event, but there was a lot more going on that resulted in even more extreme conditions. Can you explain that a bit more? Yes, definitely. Besides the rainfall, at the same time, and this really amplified the issues at Falls Creek Falls in particular, you had snowpack melting at the top of a 6,000 foot high mountain, and the water equivalent of that snowmelt was more than the rain. 
Think of that as not one, but three months worth of water equivalent. You have a four-tiered waterfall at Falls Creek Falls. It's been there forever, so there's a certain amount of water flowing through there no matter what. But then think of the physical forces associated with the water flow from the snow melt on top of the rainfall and the acceleration from 6,000 feet up. And you can appreciate that that water flow could do a lot of damage. In fact, that water flow there took out the Trans-Canada Highway running a couple of hundred feet above CN's main line. And a stretch of that highway, along with the water and all the other debris, came down on the rail line and took that out too. The highway remains washed out as we record this in mid-December. Then after the first atmospheric river event came through, the temperature remained above freezing on top of the mountain, resulting in even more snow melt, and two more atmospheric rivers came through, all as we were trying to recover from the first atmospheric river event and the damage it did. The critical piece was to mitigate the water. So what does CN do to mitigate the impacts of mudslides and rockslides? Well, CN has multiple ways to protect track from washouts and slides. The first is slide fences. When a slide comes in, the slide fence is also activated, an alarm goes to the traffic control center, and trains don't go through until we can resolve the slide and remove the debris. The second activity is ditching along track between the track and the mountainside. When debris comes in, it goes into the ditch itself and not onto the track. Of course, that ditch can only take so much debris. In the case of the more severe impact areas with major washouts, how exactly did CN go about resolving the outage? Well, if you have a hole a couple hundred feet wide and deep, you can't just dump a bunch of soil in there to fill it. At the same time, you also need to sort out water drainage and managing water flow. That could be the use of culverts and diverting water. Dealing with a washout starts with where a sloped bank, like the side of a mountain, meets level ground. CN engineering geotechnical experts assess soil quality around the impact area, and in some cases, native soil fits the bill and can be used to fill the hole. When native soil won't do the job, we bring in riprap, which is basically large boulders and rocks used to stabilize, armor, and protect against erosion and water scouring in the areas of concentrated water flow. Riprap could also be used to deal with erosion around bridge footings, for example. In many cases, due to the highway network being put out of action, CN brought material in by train to deal with washout areas. Basically, the hole's filled to where track level's supposed to be, and then it's packed. That water flow is still going to be there in future, so besides just filling the hole, we need to make sure we deal with that water flow as well. When was CN able to start restoring service on the main line between Canloops and Vancouver? Well, by November 18th, CN had restored service on the CN-Yale subdivision, allowing CN to move traffic from Boston Bar to Vancouver. However, the CN-Ashcroft subdivision remained out of service as CN crews worked round the clock to manage water flow, stabilize infrastructure, and monitor the state of the network. Once CP resumed traffic movement on its main line between Kamloops and Vancouver midway through the week of November 21st, CN coordinated with CP to move some CN rail traffic on the CP main line. CN worked with CP on a daily operating plan to fleet traffic between Kamloops and Vancouver, and by fleeting traffic, I mean that CN and CP would coordinate a window for CN to run a number of trains eastbound all in one shot, and then later a number of trains westbound. CN resumed the movement of traffic on its main line between Kamloops and Vancouver on the weekend of November 27-28 and ran seven trains. When the second atmospheric river event brought heavy precipitation to southern BC that weekend, CN's network was seeing increased debris, washout, and landslide activity, forcing train movements to stop. Some areas of southern BC received up to 130 millimeters of rainfall that weekend. There was a third atmospheric river weather event in the forecast as well. The CN rail routes between Kamloops and Vancouver, and between North Vancouver to Lillooet, continued to see increased slide and washout activities over the course of that Sunday into Monday, November 29th. 
It was December 4th that CN saw resumed service on its main line between Kamloops and Vancouver, having resolved the last outage at mile 110.5 on the Ashcroft subdivision. Are there more permanent fixes being implemented to increase network resiliency? Yes. The best example I can give you is around the major outage at Falls Creek Falls on the Ashcroft subdivision. In the immediate term, and as I described earlier, we dealt with the washout, put down temporary track, and reprofiled the slopes above the track in order to minimize the risk of debris and runoff. Wide ditches were established to capture runoff from the mountainside and divert it away from the track. Water flow has been realigned between the mountainside and the track, and the rail embankment has been hardened to minimize embankment saturation. We've also reinforced the ballast along the shoulder of the rail bed so that it's as solid as possible. Track is inspected after every train passes through the affected area, and we have a rail surfacing crew on standby as we run over the temporary track. The next step is to install a permanent five-span, 229-foot rail bridge, and we expect that to be completed before year-end. You need to install the supports that will hold up the bridge, and then you need to install the bridge spans. Here, it's two 107-foot girders that we'll bring in by rail to assemble into the main span, along with four concrete deck spans, 30 feet long each. To install the supports, you need to build abutments on either side of where the bridge will be built, and build piers to support each of the five spans. You need to drive piles into the ground first for the piers, brace them, and then add precast concrete caps. Then you need to assemble the bridge span. The span will sit on top of heavy steel girders that will also be brought in by rail. You need to do earthwork in advance, where the bridge will be installed so that the 275 and 500 ton cranes that will be used to put the bridge into place have somewhere to sit with a solid footing. And you need to have to coordinate track time which means implementing a work block of a set number of hours that allows the engineering team to do its work in the absence of rail traffic movement. Let's take all of that in now and put it into perspective. Do you have some closing thoughts? You know, the photos of the damage to infrastructure in BC are unreal. Coming out of the first atmospheric river event mid-November and looking at some of the photos of the damage, your first thought would be that this is going to take a long time to resolve. Some people speculated that it would take months. Now think about the extent of the damage again and how quickly CN has been able to get the main line back into service. There were almost 60 impact sites, some in extremely mountainous areas. The CN engineering team working 24-7 through extremely challenging circumstances. 400 employees and contractors responding directly to the outages. 282,000 cubic yards of rock, earth, and backfill materials moved to rebuild damaged locations. The effort is staggering. That was all about getting the network back on track, but in doing that, it put the Canadian economy back on track. There's going to be a lot more discussion about supply chain resiliency in future. CN having access to two major West Coast ports is part of that story. The knowledge and experience that CN has will help us plan for enhanced resiliency of these adverse weather occurrences repeating themselves in future. Thanks for your time, David. In part two of our series, we're going to focus more on the rail network itself and what's happened since traffic movement resumed in southern British Columbia. Thanks for listening to Grain Insight, an update from CN.